You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. It is Wednesday, September 23rd, 2020. This is the Real Vision Daily Briefing. I'm your host today, Ed Harrison, filling in for Ash Bennington. And in today's uh, uh, Daily Briefing, we've got Dave Floyd with us of Aspen Trading. Dave, come on into the screen. Dave. Ed, how are you? So usually we do an intro, uh, but we're going to skip the intro because there's a lot on our plates today. I was talking to you just before about mm -hmm. a ton of different markets that we saw some volatility in today. Gold and silver, of course. We saw S&Ps. Uh, we saw a, a lot that you're looking at in the currency markets. So a lot to cover. I mean, what's the, the, the big picture view for just what's happening right now that you're thinking about? Well, what I'm thinking about, I mean, again, you know, these ideas can evolve on a day-to-day -day basis, but, you know, maybe there's a little bit of reality setting in in terms of the equity markets. S&Ps are off 100 handles since last night. Um, luckily, you know, we, we've been short them since last night. And, you know, I think technically speaking, they probably have lower to go. The argument, of course, has been made, you know, for months now that, you know, the, the market was so disconnected from what was happening economically, or at least in terms of the economic reality. And that, that seemed to just get completely um, pushed off to the side, pushed off to the side. Um, you know, I'm not saying that maybe we go all the way back down to like, you know, 3000 or 2400 or some crazy level, but, you know, we certainly got way, way, way ahead of ourselves, whether or not that we stop and whether or not we stop in the next day or so is anybody's guess. You know, I'm more of a tactical guy. I'll take a fundamental overlay and, you know, if it kind of lines up with the technicals, great. Um, I'll take the move lower that we had today as that's fantastic. That's what I was looking for. I'll reevaluate, you know, later tonight and into tomorrow how the market wants to assess it. But given the move in the dollar, given the move in the S&Ps, given the move in the NASDAQ and in the precious metals, something seems to be afoot. And um, I think in the in the days and weeks to come, we're going to have a lot of great trading opportunities. How the dust, you know, how how we all settle out, I can't really say just yet. But there will be some volatility forthcoming, or continued volatility for sure. Right. Yeah. And you know, I think that word is the the catchphrase volatility because I've seen that you know the volatility spiking, especially in uh, currencies, there's some good volatility there, and, and we can get to that. But let me tell you what I'm thinking about from a fundamental perspective, because mm -hmm. I'm looking, I, I think you know where I'm coming from. I was thinking that September would be uh, you know, a, a, a shift, but it does seem like the momentum has just you know, changed dramatically. We had this whole momentum of gold and silver, you know, S&Ps to, uh, to the upside, uh, the dollar lower. And then at the end of August, it just all came to a screeching halt and the momentum has shifted entirely. This week, you know, I thought it was actually a good sign yesterday uh, that, well, on Monday that we didn't finish on the lows, that yesterday we had a, a bounce. But then we come into today and we're 3% lower on the NASDAQ. It seems like 
the momentum is uh, lower. And I was just looking at your chart on the S&P 500. And you said that below 3289, that creates overlap and strengthens the bear case. Maybe you can take us through that. Yeah, well, you know, coming into last night or yesterday afternoon, I was kind of doing my prep work for the day ahead. And, you know, I let clients know I thought that the 3308, 3321, those were some pretty key resistance levels that I was looking at. And I wanted to sell any rallies up into that. I think the high overnight was maybe around 3318, give or take, 3320. So we built in short positions into there. Yes, 3289 created overlap. So, you know, from an Elliott Wave perspective, or even just from a basic, you know, charting perspective, is when you get a low, you know, prices taking out a previous swing high and what was to me a clear correction off the lows that we saw on Monday. So, you know, going below 3289 was kind of like the confirmation that selling into that rally overnight was the right thing to do. And heading back towards 3200 seems like, at least for now, the logical near-term target, you know, give or take, you know, maybe we only get to 3210, maybe we overshoot 3200, but that's how I was approaching it. And, you know, we might, we might dance around these levels for a little while, but that was a pretty big move coming into today. Market's probably going to digest that, but I think your point about a momentum shift is spot on. Maybe we'll start to see continued selling, meaning day after day selling, as opposed to day after day buying. I just think the market, I mean, I've been in this game a long time. I traded through 99 and 2000. It's eerily similar. Every day things went up. Every day things went up. And suddenly everybody was an expert on buying stocks, et cetera, et cetera. And then suddenly everybody got their head handed to them, at least, you know, the people that were kind of new to the game and really didn't understand that markets can turn on a dime and make it really, really painful for you. It feels very much like that again. And, um, you know, I want to play to that momentum. So if we continue to see that downside, these rallies will be sold. And until you kind of clean everybody out, um, you're not going to get much on the upside in terms of the rallies. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. Right. You know, I, I want to talk to where the next resistance level is on the downside, but I want to go to your point about just the, the, the shift. I agree with you that it does seem like uh, it's not just the, the momentum shift in terms of the numbers, but the narrative. Uh, you know, the Teslas, the Nikolas, all, all these... You know, suddenly people are 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 spinning completely uh, negative narratives on companies that were darlings just mm -hmm. uh, you know a month ago, and so all of that plays into the psychology of getting us down. But we're, we're, when we talk about down, you're you're doing it tactically. What's the next level that you're looking at, at least right now, in terms of where there might be some major resistance on the downside? Well, I think 3,200 was kind of my measured target. And again, we're at uh, 3,231 right now. And after hours, we close the futures in about 40 minutes. Um, you know, usually at this time of day, we don't get too much more follow through. So we'll probably settle in and around here. I think 32 is going to be the level that I'm looking at in terms of where you might see some sort of a, a equilibrium. Um, and then where we go after that, you know, I'd be looking to potentially 
sell rallies. You know, until we get the daily close, I haven't really gone through and done the end of the day and, and look ahead to, to tomorrow. I'm still short uh, some of the S&Ps that we shorted last night. Um, I'm in no hurry to cover them, although I've ratcheted my stops down quite a bit. In fact, down to 32.56. Um, but, you know, once I get into the, uh, the the chart work a little bit later, I'll have some better ideas. But I think in the near term, you know, 3,200 is probably the floor. We'll probably dance around there for a little bit. A lot of it's going to depend on the dollar, too. You know, the dollar looks, you know, again, I think the dollar might be on the start of a move higher. But, again, things ebb and flow. Maybe we're just going to pause a little bit here. I do think um, that we could see the dollar pull back off the recent highs this week. And if that's the case, that'll give the S&Ps a little breathing room to the upside. Yeah, you know, uh, I, it's good a good time to pivot then to that conversation about the dollar because a lot of people have been talking about DXY, uh, dollar euro, but the chart that you showed me actually was dollar yen. Why for you is dollar yen more interesting? Uh, that's the chart, uh, USD, JPY, mm -hmm. um, than some of the other charts. Well, the reason I sent you over the dollar yen chart was pretty simple. Again, from a from a near term, meaning a tactical perspective, you know, I, I saw some upside and that did play out. I mean, I sent you that chart this morning. I think we were trading around maybe 105 and change. We're at 105.40, and that was kind of my upside target. So again, we're not talking like a big play here, but you know, if the dollar's moving higher and the S and P's are moving lower, usually you're going to get dollar. Uh, dollar yen moving a little bit higher, at least in terms of recent correlations. Um, why didn't I send you a chart of the euro? I mean, I think the euro could be putting in a top. I mean, you look at it, it's kind of a classic head and shoulders. The dollar index is kind of a classic inverse head and shoulders. But man, we've been chomping around those trend lines or those necklines for weeks. And I personally am just a little bit hesitant to get in there right now and be short the euro. It feels to me like I'd rather short the next rally up that tests that neckline and then wait for prices to move lower. It just feels like I'm jumping into the party late right now. Dollar yen just seemed like a better bet from a timing perspective, you know, when we, we when we first discussed this this morning. Right. And, you know, uh, the volatility thing that I wanted to talk about, because it does seem like a volatility has come back to the currency markets. And if you're playing it from a vol perspective, that's interesting. What's your perspective there? Well, I mean, thank God it started to come back. It's like felt like we've been in the wilderness for years as FX traders. Um, so it's going to be nice if we can continue to see this volatility. And I think, you know, given the the complete, you know, lack of volatility in the uh, fixed income market, it would be uh, it would be logical to probably have some of some of that volatility slip into the FX market. You know, unfortunately, I, I love trading 10-year notes. They've been my bread and butter for the last couple of years, or at least a big part of it. But, you know, the Fed, like they do with everything, they ruin it uh, by getting in there and just kind of mucking things up. And until something really changes dramatically um, in the market, it seems like, you know, volatility and fixed income is going to be dead. So, yeah, probably see it leak into the FX market, which is fine. We'll just go, we'll go swing our bats over there for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, uh, when you mentioned the lack of volatility, I think that your chart on uh, on the uh, Treasury market is pretty <laughs> yeah. funny with the oh big, uh, you know, you, you see this vault up, uh, that, you know, to the 138, uh, 140 level or thereabouts. And then just like a snooze fest across, uh, you know, for all the way from re really 
March, uh, you know, yeah. all the way to today. Yeah. And, you know, trying to guess which way it's going to break. I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's a coin toss at best. My, my instinct says, you know, we break them lower. I think the yield curve steepens. But again, if you look at the 210 spread, you know, same thing. It's just a flat line. So makes it really hard to get anything done. And, you know, pushing on a string never gets you much as a trader. Maybe the best bet is to wait for that market to break, buy that pullback, or maybe sell that rally if we happen to break lower. Um, but I'm going to keep my eye on the rates market. I'm not going to give up on it just yet. Um, but right now, it's not looking too good in terms of opportunities. There's few and far between. You know, uh, from a fundamental perspective, I want to ask you about the fundamentals here, because the way I'm looking at it from a fundamental perspective is that basically we're, we're near the zero lower bound uh, all across the board. You know, all of the, the, the guys who were not at the zero lower bound, Australia, New Zealand, you know, Canada, U.S., the, the U.K., they've all gotten down to zero at the short end. And now they're telling people, actually, you know what, we're going to keep it there for a long time. And in fact, the 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 Brits have said we were even thinking about negative interest rates. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it there's not a whole lot of upside, obviously, from here. But if they're telling you that, then there's the downside, seem, you know, they're putting their foot on the scale, you know, to limit the downside by telling you we're, we're not going away from zero. Uh, how does that impact just knowing the fact that, uh, you know, their hands on the scale, their foot's on the scale in terms of what you do on a tactical basis? Well, you know, the one thing that I, I will concur with in terms of the Fed or any of the other central banks is if that's what they say they're doing, you, you got to respect it. You know, I'm not large enough. Collectively, most traders aren't large enough. Organizations aren't. If that's what they're going to do and if they want to control the yield curve and can basically can control prices, that's what they're going to do. I, I don't agree with it, but again, who, they don't care what I think. They don't care what most people think. This is what their policy is. So you just kind of have to, you know, maybe, uh, you know, pick up your things and move into a different asset class. And, you know, right now FX seems to be picking up in terms of the volatility. You know, equities always seem to be relatively volatile. So you can kind of dance in and out of there or let's say index futures. Um, you know, God forbid they start mucking around on those markets, then I don't know what we're going to do. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it can come, you know, because... Uh, Don't ooh. say it can't, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so last uh, thing that I want to talk about is uh, gold and silver. Just mm -hmm. when you thought, you know, because of negative real interest rates, uh, because the Fed is getting into the Treasury market, that uh, this was the place to be, everyone crowding into that trade, it so it sells off and silver today sold off in a big way yeah um what's uh what's the chart telling you well for me i i see two things that i'm still uh, bullish on i mean i was early on silver back june 28th i believe we got long silver i got long some call spreads that don't expire till the end of the year so those are in good shape i mean yeah i've given back some profit for sure um but they've been great trades i think what's happened again this is speculation yeah, I think a lot of people get into silver a little bit later. Um, I happen to be, you know, let's call it, I call it a little bit of luck, a little bit of skill, but you need the, you need the two of them. I got in early, late June. Um, and I think a lot of people just bought silver and it did hang around that 25 level for a long time. And it kind of looked like the stock market. It never was going to go down again. And all of a sudden, I think we're probably flushing out weak hands right now. So to answer your question though, technically I see support in and around this 21 level. 
from an LA wave perspective. But from a quantitative perspective, you know, this is a good study that came across my desk today that basically said, you know, if silver is above its one year moving average and it puts in a two month low, historically speaking, and that's the key thing, historically speaking, it's 10% higher three months out. So what did I do today? Bought more call spreads. Now, shorter dated, I bought some October call spreads. But again, you know, you can you go with what the data says. And right now, that seems like a pretty juicy trend to give up on. Uh, so I'm, I added a little bit of better levels today, and we'll see where it goes. But I, I remain bullish on silver and by, by and large gold as well. But I think silver is going to be the better performer. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Yeah, well, let me ask you about that uh, gold versus silver because uh, when you were talking about the levels, um, I was also thinking about the gold-silver ratio. Does that play at all into your thinking in terms of, you know, basically the gold-silver ratio, silver ran up so much relative to gold that maybe that had something to do with where we're pulling back to? Yeah, very well could. I mean, in all honesty, I don't track that too closely. But again, relative value plays, that, that makes complete sense that you might just get a little bit of an unwind and people might roll into gold and see a little bit better value there. Um, I think probably gold and silver are, gold and silver are probably bullish because of all the things that are happening, like we talked about previously today, you know, central bank policies, maybe it's just an asset class that's been beaten down. People are looking to move into something that is actually moving, whole host of reasons. But um, I think overall, I'm, I'm very constructive on gold and silver going forward. I mean, if silver gets maybe below 20 bucks or something like that, maybe I'll reevaluate the thesis. I'm not going to be completely, you know, dug in the sand. But um, I think this pullback might be nearing its end. We were off, like you said, in silver today, almost 7%. Um, uh, and I don't know what we were off yesterday, but it was another 4 or 5%. So, yeah, um, we're probably due for a little bit of a bounce. And if we don't get it, then that, that's the market telling you something. Right. And gold, uh, any levels that you're looking at there that you see as key support levels where you'll have to reevaluate? Um, if you can give me a second, I can pull up my gold chart. I didn't actually mm -hmm. pull up any gold levels prior and to And while you yeah. do that, let me just say that, you know, for all the people who hate when I talk about soccer, we were talking about soccer. <laughs> You're a Premier League Love fan. Football, uh, you know. <laughs> you've got to give Ash a hard time next time you talk to him. I will give him a hard time, although I've been to a Tottenham Arsenal game when they were at Highbury many, many years ago. So they're a good club, but they're not up to the snuff like Chelsea. Right. <laughs> yes, uh, and for all of those who are listening, uh, Ash is now a Tottenham fan, so he's uh, he's on vacation, so he can't say anything he, against us. We're yeah, using yeah. that against him. You know, to answer your question, there, Ed. Uh, you know, very very similar pattern in gold to silver. Again, a, a pullback that to me looks corrective, and what I mean by that is that the price action's choppy and overlapping after a nice trend higher. And, you know, oddly enough, gold is kind of coming right into a couple of Fibonacci levels here at about the one. I'm looking at GLD, the ETF. I'm not looking at spot gold. Um, you know, 174, 175. I mean, if we're going to hold, this is probably the area we'd hold at. So I think we're, you know, it's do or die here. Well, that's maybe a little bit too much of a too dramatic. But I think we do need to hold these levels 
uh, fairly quick if, if, if the gold rally and the silver rally are going to kind of stay alive. Excellent. Yeah, I think that's the biggest takeaway for me. But, you know, wrapping it up, Dave, what's uh, any last thoughts for you on uh, today's uh, price action? Uh, welcomed, very welcomed because um, it resets the deck chair, so to speak. I also just like more volatility. I mean, when markets just grind up, you know, for a guy like me, it's actually harder. I know that sounds really weird, but I like things to move around and be a little bit more fluid. So a day like today where you're actually getting price action to move in a good degree, I like that. So, you know, for right now, I'm bearish on the S&Ps, but I realize that, you know, the dipster mentality of coming in and buying these dips is alive and well. And at some point it may not work, but last several years, they have been proven to be right time and time again. So I do not want to get my my opinions too dug in, in terms of, you know, getting too bearish. So caught a break today, got a big downside move in the S&Ps. I'm going to stick with that. But if price action starts to, you know, squiggle a little bit higher, I'll join the party that way too. Excellent. Uh, always a pleasure to talk to you, Dave. Maybe you will uh, be with Ash next week or the week after. Uh, okay. You know, great to talk to you. Thanks a lot, Ed. Really do appreciate it. Have a great afternoon. You too. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com.